there, and welcome to Everyday Awesome, a podcast featuring dynamic discussions with interesting, innovative, and inspiring people from all walks of life. I'm your host, Trisha G, and I'm excited and grateful you are here. I was that kid who pretended to interview people using a paper towel tube microphone, and I had a great time doing that. And today I'm having an even better time taking that playful reporter style passion to a real mic to bring you fun and enlightened conversations with amazing people doing awesome things. People who are game changers, inspiring themselves and others, never letting adversity stop them, impacting the world around them, and having a blast on the journey of this thing that we all call life. You may be wondering why listen to this podcast and who the heck is Trisha G? (laughs) Well, I love learning and connecting and my background as a teacher, therapist, endurance cyclist, coach, and nonprofit leader have guided me to create this podcast for you. In each episode, my guests will be sharing nuggets of successful strategies, tips, and inspiration to lift your spirits, ignite your soul, and elevate your day. Stick around, hit play, and together, let's make every day awesome. Oh, hello, and welcome to today's episode of Everyday Awesome. I'm your host, Trisha G, and I am happy and very honored that you hit play and you chose to be here with me. (laughs) Thank you so much. There are so many podcasts And so many amazing podcasts out there that the fact that you're listening to mine, it just means so much to me. And I just recently listened to an amazing podcast of Brene Brown. And she interviewed Tim Ferriss and Dax Shepard. And they talked about what it takes to podcast and how they do their podcast. But then they also branched off into life and business and success and family and heartache and heart joy. (laughs) And it was really an amazing, amazing episode. So the fact that you're listening means so much to me because there's people like Brene Brown out there who, who are podcasting. And today, this is my fifth podcast episode. I'm just going to say woohoo for myself and my guests and for you that I'm, this podcast is continuing. I'm feeling jazzed to be moving my little podcast that could, which is what I'm calling it, forward into 2021. So happy new year, everybody. And sending out good positive vibes and light for 2021 to be full of health, love, success on all levels, and connection and peace for our communities, ourselves, our country, and internationally. There's a lot going on. And putting good positive thoughts and beliefs and hope out there is I believe, crucial to making the year what we want it to be. So today I have the honor and the true pleasure of spending time chatting with a man that I have tremendous respect for and who I am honored to call one of my close friends, Ian Griffith. He has changed my life for the better, and it is my hope that after hearing him today, you're going to feel the same. So let me tell you a little bit about Ian to start us off. You know the phrase, jack of many trades, master of none, right? Well, that is not Ian. He is a jack of many trades, and he is a master of them all. His background includes being a director at top tech companies in the world, manages successful teams in numerous video, marketing, publication, and podcasting companies, designing and creating hundreds of videos for live events of 5,000 plus in the audience, and now virtually. And he has competed in over 50 Spartan races, which I've looked those up. I used to be an endurance cyclist, and ooh, they look tough, to name a few of the many things that Ian has done. So most recently in the past few years, Ian added certified elite coach, speaker, entrepreneur, and leader to his resume. He leads mastermind groups, speaks at events, runs a Facebook group with over 13,000 members and is a best-selling author. He pays it forward, which is one of the things that I love, with massive contribution in the lives of thousands of people through his free coaching and inspiring content, but also his founding of the Feeding Gratitude Movement in San Francisco. He partnered with a company that provided free organic meals for Ian and his hundreds of volunteers, which I was one, to distribute to people without homes on the streets of San Francisco. 
Ian's mission and purpose of his life is to impact the entire world for good in a massive way. That is his life's vision. He has the Midas touch (laughs) with whatever he chooses to do, pouring his heart and soul into his endeavors, both professionally and personally. So buckle up for this inspiring and passionate conversation with Ian Griffith. Hey, Ian Griffith. Welcome to Everyday Awesome. Hey, Tricia, thank you so much for inviting me on the show. I'm so grateful to be here. Well, it is a total treat for me, I have to say, to have you on my podcast because (laughs) you are somebody who has interviewed hundreds, maybe thousands at this point, I'm not sure, but I know hundreds of people. I watched you do all these interviews at live events and do public speaking. I've seen you do so much. So the fact that I have a podcast and you're on it is like, makes me feel like I've reached some sort of pinnacle or reached some sort of star. <laughs> kind of cathartic. And, and I've known you for four years and seen how much you grow. I love that you have a podcast. But yeah, I just interviewed Brian Bradley. I've interviewed Joseph McClendon, Dean Graziosi, and it goes on and on. But really, what I love is connecting with people and finding out what their story is. So it's been fantastic. Well, we share that. We absolutely share that. And we also share a vision. I I already recorded the intro before you came on to maximize your time and the time of our listener. But we have a similar vision. So I shared your vision and it's to impact as many lives as possible by doing good things and helping people raise up to their potential. It's those aren't the exact words of your vision, but we're similar in that we want to bring inspiring content and connect people to reach their highest potential and live the life of their dreams. Yeah. Can I tell you a little story about that? I would love, I love stories. Okay. (laughs) So up until I was 16 or 17, I really didn't have a lot of people helping me figure out about life. I really didn't have a father figure in my life. I had my mother and I was kind of floundering, but I was introduced to a coach back then and they gave me a book and this book really helped impact me. And I was like, wow, there's people that teach wisdom and books. This is amazing. And I started going to Tower Books. They had that back then. And I would sit in the corner and I wouldn't buy the books, but I would just sit and read book after book after book and personal growth. And I changed my life around then. And it was so powerful that when I was going over these Tony Robbins tapes at that age, and he said, what do you want to do? What do you want to be? I said, I want to be a speaker. I want to write books. I want to help people the way that you helped me, the way that all these books helped me so much. I wanted to kind of pay it forward. And that was something that I really wanted. But, you know, I got into college. I did all these things because of all the books. And I got kind of excited about where my life was going. I was like, oh, I'm going to work at Intel. And I did. I worked at Intel and Siebel and IBM and Wells Fargo and all these top companies. And I was like, I'm going to start as an engineer. And then I became a manager. And then I became a director. And I got caught up in this life of raising up. But... Even though I'd achieved a lot, I wasn't really totally fulfilled. I had this kind of hollow pain point in my heart, and I didn't know why. I had a wife, uh, kids, and, and it wasn't until about just right before I met you, about four and a half years ago, I went to a Tony Robbins event, and he said, hey, when you were 17, what did you want to do? And I'd remembered these journals, I'd totally forgotten about them. Basically, what happens is you have these promises and dreams as a young person, and then you say, I'm not ready for it. And then you kind of put it on the back burner. And after a while, it kind of hurts because you've been ignoring it for so long that you don't want to think about it. And then you decide you just never want to think about it and you just forget it altogether. And that's what happened to me. So back then I said I was too young to do it and I do it when I was older. And then by the time I got older, I forgot. And this brought me back this moment. And I went into my garage and I found the journal. I couldn't believe I found it. And it said these things. And it it struck me so strongly that I had not been following my purposes. I've been betraying what I truly wanted to be. And even though I achieved, I was not fulfilling my life's purpose. And it scared me to death. 
at that moment, I remember flashing back to when I'm 90 and going, what if I found this journal when I was 90? And I was like, oh, that's the thing that I was supposed to do. And I didn't do it. So I was so scared. And then I was grateful because I found out, I'm like, yes, there's still time. And I got to tell you, it's so funny that fear is the thing that leverages you to do something because the greatest fear I have now is living a life unfulfilled. And that got me right after that, you met me and you've been watching me on this tear, doing everything I could to make these dreams happen. And so that's my story and that's my motivation and that's my why. Now, anytime that my spirit or soul or purpose says to do something and then this other part of me says, I'm not ready, I say, don't listen to that. They're always wrong. You're never ready. Go do this now. I call it the preemptive yes. I say yes to things no matter what. Oh my gosh, that, <laughs> you just basically summarized in a nutshell what has motivated you, inspired you, and how you realized that you were on, I guess we could almost liken it to being on a pause button. You know, yeah. there was a, a pause button on your life's purpose. And it's not that we're not out doing amazing things, that you weren't out doing amazing things. I mean, you were raising kids, you were, had an incredible career, you had a wonderful marriage, you know, travel, life, giving to mm -hmm. others. I mean, you had a full, rich life. But when we aren't aligned with what we know we're really here to do or we're really passionate about doing, there's this nagging feeling. It's almost like when you, you know, kind of sprain an ankle and you keep walking around on it. You know, you can mm -hmm. keep walking around. You can keep doing activities. You might even be able to do a Spartan race. <laughs> yes. But eventually, the ankle is going to hurt so bad that you can't ignore it anymore. So it's, it's that, it's almost That's like a soul it. sprain in some way. So, a soul sprain. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants a soul sprain. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of that, you know, I coined the term of what I was going through, and it is the putting off of one's soul's purpose. And I call it soulcrastination. I know. I love that. I love that. So let's talk about soulcrastination. It's such a perfect word for what many of us find ourselves doing, right? So how would you describe soulcrastination to our listeners? So we have this story we tell ourselves that if we just focus on this other thing, like making money or getting up in our career, that we can buy our way to fulfillment, buy our way to happiness. And we tell ourselves over and over again, and we put off our dream. And then at some point, it almost becomes awkward to approach our dream. I'll just use this, like, let's say you wanted to write a book. And you're like, oh, I'm going to write a book, it's going to be amazing. But then you're like, no, I've got my job, I've got these things. And then it's been a year or two, and you kind of forgot some of the things that made it amazing. It it maybe doesn't seem as, as colorful and real. And now when you think of going back to it, you're like, wow, I put it off for so long. Maybe this isn't the right time. And the truth is, there's never a right time. If you're waiting to go after your dream or your soul's purpose, this is the time. It's now. You know, and, Ian, that reminds me of that quote, when is now a good time yes. to go after your dream? That is a right. quote that I try to live by. And I say try because there are times when I do it, like getting this podcast going, but then there's times when I don't quite follow that. But I love that quote and it's something that I think about almost every day. Yeah, I love this book by Eckhart Tolle called The Power of Now. And really, no matter what, now is the moment of power. This is the moment right now. I mean, even if we think of something we wanna do in the future, when we're there, at that moment, it will be now. So <laughs> I love that. When we're there, it will be now. So now is now. Yeah. And when we're there, it will be now. So yeah. really now is the, what to focus on. Absolutely. And anything else, the, the anxiety about the future or feeling bad about the past, that really just takes away from your presence in the present. Well, so, and what you think you create, so if you're focusing on feeling bad about your past, if you're focusing on worry about the future, if you're not focusing on now, all those thoughts create our mood, create our actions, create our behavior, 
and they mm-hmm. create our life. Yes. Right. Yes. So our thoughts actually create our life. And I think in the moments we forget about that. Yeah. Now there's one distinction I want to make. I spend so much time trying to think about what would my future self want me to do right now? I think mm-hmm. of it almost like an accountability buddy. What would like future that. Ian, let's say in two weeks, what would he really love me to do to set him up? Maybe it's, it's lose five pounds. Maybe it's study a bunch of uh, materials. So in that moment, I am still using what's called clock time. I'm still thinking about making things happen, but I'm not there. I decide what I need to do. Okay, I need to lose five pounds. And then I make, I say, okay, that involves eating this much, doing this much exercise, weighing myself every day and seeing if there's a proper trend. And then I stay in the present. So I still can plan. I still can record what's going on, but being in the present is where all your power is. Gosh, this is uh, one of the reasons I had you on this episode. We're recording at the beginning of January, 2021. Mm -hmm. And the beginning of the year is when we think about and take a pause to envision or even create a vision for what we want this year to be. Mm-hmm. What do we want our life to be? What do we want to contribute? What do we want to see happen? Like the getting in our best shape, having energy to go after what we really want, you know, contributing at work or with our families. So I had you on at this particular time because I have always found your thoughts, your messages, and your vision to be incredibly inspiring. And what you just said inspires me, and I'm sure you, the listener, to want to think about what it is you want to accomplish this year and to be in the presence, Mm -hmm. the presence of now. And to, I love that asking, looking at yourself as your, your buddy, you know, your Mm -hmm. accountability buddy and saying, well, what does Trisha G want? Does she want to eat this cake right now? And, you know, Five pounds later, does she want to have to figure out how to work that off? <laughs> or does she want to be full of vitality and energy and yeah, enjoy some cake, but not, you know, just occasionally and feel amazing all the time? Not the yo-yo effect or does Trisha G want to actually have a podcast and sign up for that class and learn how to do it and go after it or put it off while she focuses on her latest Netflix obsession or whatever it is, right? So that's kind of the questions that you help inspire me to think about. And it's funny though, because most of us don't have a very good relationship with our future self. Well, future Trisha would love to be a podcast person. Maybe present Trisha was like, oh, I'm going to put this off for a while because it seems nervous now. It makes me nervous now. So when I coach people, I try to get them to create this relationship with their future self. So let's say you said, I want to start running. You might say, okay, tomorrow I'm going to wake up at 5 a.m. and start running. Okay, I'm just going to interrupt, Ian. I will never say that. (laughs) (laughs) I will never be somebody, unless unless a mountain lion is chasing me, I will never (laughs) say I want to start running. But you can go ahead with this example, but that won't ever come out of my mind. Well, and a lot, (laughs) that's probably realistic because, but a lot of people say they will, and then it becomes the next day at 5 a.m. and they just hit the snooze and then they don't do it. And now they don't believe their future self doesn't believe their current self, right? Because, so at least you're not setting up this lie. But if you could set it up where you say, hey, in order to get you to run tomorrow, what can I do for you? And then the answer might be, hey, instead of five, could you make it like nine? And when we get done, could we go to Starbucks and get a coffee? You know, something I like. Then you're starting a relationship. Then you're you're also saying your future self may have to bribe your present self. (laughs) Both ways, right? Just like if you had a friend. So I know this is going going pretty far, but as far as 2021, you know, the thing I found is if you follow your intuition, what your spirit wants, what your insights want, your heart, what your heart wants to do, this tremendous power comes to you more than you could ever anticipate. So as an example, I said I wanted to be a good speaker, and I also had promised myself that I would not say no to anything that comes up. And of of course, a few days later, 
I was tested. I had to go speak at my company in front of a thousand people for 90 seconds. But then my daughter woke up with the, she was throwing up at 4 a.m. And I was like, oh no, I have only a two hour sleep. How am I going to give this speech? And this intuition said, you have time to completely rewrite the speech and take over the meeting with this message of contribution, gratitude, and charity. I'm like, oh, I don't want to do it. And then the, the voice like, you promised, <laughs> right? This is the voice of intuition. So I did. I rewrote this 45-second thing into this six-minute speech all about it. And I was only supposed to have that time. And then I went there. And I couldn't remember any of the words that I'd written because I just wrote it that morning. I had no sleep. So I typed, printed it out and my hands are shaking and I'm up there. And then it comes for my time to talk. And all of a sudden, it aligned. My intuition, all my life's purpose that I've wanted, it all came together. And all of a sudden, I remembered every single word. And I put down the paper and I spoke every word to the entire group and people were crying and people were like, wow, that affected me so much. And this was just a few days after I'd made a promise that I would start following my purpose. And at that moment, I was like, wow, we have so much strength when we go after what our heart really wants us to do. And that was the moment I'm like, I'm all in. It's been mm -hmm. proved to me. And so all I in. started listening to this intuition. And one day I was in the office and I'm like, I should coach people on the street. I've learned so many things. <laughs> I'm not laughing at. <laughs> I'm not laughing at what you said. I'm laughing at just the. It it just sounded kind of humorous to me that I went from speaking to a thousand people to now I'm going to go coach people on the street. I <laughs> know, but, random. but knowing you, I know it's not. But it just kind of gave it, me a little chuckle. It was well. It, the thing that links it together is I was like, I will listen to my intuition, even if it scares me to death. So it was a few weeks later. And it said, you needed to take these lessons that you learned so much with and go help other people. And so I did. I went out on the street with a friend of ours wrong and we started coaching people. And someone who I knew for 20 years saw that, someone caught it on live videos, someone saw that and they're like, if I give you food, will you feed the homeless and, and coach them? Because one of the persons I coached was a homeless person. So all of a sudden, you know, oh, and my company said, hey, can you teach people how to speak and can you give all these classes? So all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I'm teaching how to communicate. I'm feeding the homeless on a Friday and I'm gathering together huge groups of people to do these things. So, Well, what's interesting, too, is you did not let fear mm -hmm. stop you from one experience that then led into many more, all because you rewrote what you were going to say to your team or to the company and you gave a tremendous presentation or 90 minute speech to the company to the point where then you started having intuitive nudges and people noticed and then things what I've read a lot and talked to a lot of people who are following their intuition say is that when you follow your intuition and your life's purpose things just start to line up and if yes. you're paying attention and you don't let fear stop stop you and you go after them you end up in this direction that yeah. is absolutely incredible that you couldn't have anticipated. Right. The, the best years of my life. And, I, and I've had a good life. The, but these have been the, the best, the absolute best. And, yeah. and I like to think of it as, you know, we'll never do as much for ourselves as we will for someone else or something else, a purpose higher than ourselves. So I like to think of it as putting yourself in that state of service. So the, the people that I serve, you know, I want to impact the world. I also want to serve my purpose, my soul's purpose. So my intuition. So a lot of people, they hear their intuition. Everyone hears it in their head. And they say, not right now. I'm doing my thing. Or they think that intuition is to serve them. No, I drop everything. I'm like, what? You want me to do this? Okay. Okay, I'll start a Facebook group that is for all the people that go to Tony Robbins. And I started that same thing and it, it grew to 13,000 people, mm -hmm. right? And it's a great, it's a great group. And one of the things that I have always been impressed and inspired by from you is your ability to connect people. You, yeah. I think of you as a great connector and you not only are passionate about connecting people, but you're naturally good at it. 
You mm. walk up and talk to anybody. The next thing you know, you've got an interview with them on the spot, all sorts of different people from different walks of life. Mm. And you start feeding gratitude in San Francisco, which I love that you called it feeding gratitude because it's not just providing a meal to people without homes. It's also providing a connection and conversation. I remember so many would say that people didn't stop to talk to them. They just walked mm -hmm. on by like they didn't exist. And yeah. we would have these amazing conversations that would leave them feeling not so alone in the world and knowing that people actually do care. And you got that going for several years, uh, thousands and $100,000 worth of food that you've provided and hundreds of volunteers. And you have this ability to just make people want to follow whatever it is you're doing or to join it because there is positive outcome. There's positive intention and outcome. And that's one of the great things I think that you're gifted at. And I'm thinking about you, the listener and myself, when I listen to you, I think this sounds amazing, Ian. It sounds amazing what you've done that you left corporate. Well, you haven't left it fully, but you're going in a direction mm -hmm. of being an entrepreneur with a new brand, doing your own coaching, your own courses, online courses, your own events. I mean, you're going in a different direction that is pretty incredible and going has and is going to help thousands of people and, and probably millions, to be honest. Mm. How did you do this while being working full-time, being a father, being a husband, taking care of daily life? This is something that I think you, the listener, will want to know and that I want to hear is how do we go about making that kind of a change if our soul intuition is trying to guide us in a different direction, but we still have to maintain our work, our family, our life. How do you do all that? How do you juggle that? So I think the number one driving force is fear. And it's an interesting thing, but the more fear you feel about not living your, your soul's purpose, the greater the driver. So we have this ultimate deadline. We think, okay, I want to do all these things. And I also want to live my life's purpose, but that's at the very end of our life. It's literally the last thing we'll look at. But you look, you think of going being at the very end of your life and looking back over those 99 years and, and saying, did I do what I was supposed to? Did I love the way that I thought I should? Did I, did I win? And I think winning is done through contribution. Is So to me, this fear is a great leverage. And most people say fear is no good, but, but I think it's, it's a powerful thing. So I want to write a couple books. I want to, uh, there's a lot of things that are on my plate that I want to do. And so I literally am getting healthier and healthier and healthier because I have to survive in order to do all these things. So it's a high motivation. They, they say some people that retire, they, they often pass away just a few years after they retire because they lose their purpose and they just stop doing everything. That will not to, be me. I have yeah. to tell you, my grandma, who's 91, mm -hmm. just stopped working three years ago. Wow. After having both of her knees replaced. And she thought she was ready to retire. And I literally every day, she says to me, Tricia, that was the worst thing I ever did was retire. <laughs> That's amazing that she I mean, it, worked that much. But it speaks yeah. to, I think even when people do retire, there has to be a sense of contribution and connection with the community, with things bigger and greater than ourselves in order to feel that satisfaction. I think you're absolutely right. And what I love that I'm going to remember is that you touched on fear. So you hear a lot about fear being a negative thing. Well, fear is actually a very a survival mechanism for us as humans and living beings to know that something's not right or there's something we need to be paying attention to. Mm -hmm. So fear isn't inherently meant to be a scary thing so much unless it's a predator, unless it's, okay, you better bolt because there's a predator. and Otherwise, fear is our way of saying something's not right. When fear is getting in our way and taking our life in a direction we don't want it to go is when we have made up fears, 
when we're in anxiety, when we're in worry, when we're in a lack of hope or in negativity or allowing those thoughts to rule and take over what we really want to do or what we know we can do or what we know is really okay. So that's when fear is not good. But you took using fear, which is telling you something's not right, to go after what you really want. And you're using that fear to help you live a life where during your life, the quality of your life now, but also at the end of your life, you're going to look back and be, I did everything I wanted to do. I'm leaving with contribution. I've made an impact and I've had a really good ride. That's it. That's That's it. it. Yes. That's it. That's winning. That's looking back on your life and saying, I came here and did what I was supposed to do. So there's one other aspect though. So you've taken this purpose and you made this fear real. You know, you think about it. And then the other aspect is you will have to take this fear of the doing something in the moment and you have to throw it out the window. You have to literally say, hey, I'm about to go speak in front of 200 people and I have these feelings of whatever anxiety and then say, I see you anxiety and now I'm going to let you go because I am doing this. Action helps you evaporate fear, just taking action. So absolutely. If you said to me right now, will you speak to 100,000 people in three days for an hour over something you don't even know? I would say yes. Why? Because I am determined to not run from things out of fear. And that also follows my sole purpose, which is to massively and positively impact this world with larger and larger amounts of, of people. So if it follows your purpose under that umbrella and there's fear involved that is maybe not that reasonable, then you need to let it go. It's called grit. Oh, I love grit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, what's funny, this is something I learned as I've gone through. I've I've had the, the privilege of having some amazing peers, people that I look up to, people like Joseph McClendon, Carolyn Rim. JoLynn Swafford and more. And the one thing I could say all of them have is grit. And that is the power to do something where you will absolutely fail. And then 20 minutes later, you'll get back up and you'll continue forward. You are absolutely right. I just had JoLynn Swafford on Everyday Awesome over the holidays. And I actually had her on over the holidays on purpose because She is focused on sharing and inspiring faith and joy in people's lives. And she is an amazing, amazing woman and soul and person. And so I had her on recently and Carolyn Rim and Joseph McClendon, I will be having on my show. So I'm looking forward to that. And one of the things that you said, it reminds me of a friend of mine who started a podcast called Make Life Your Bitch. (laughs) (laughs) what popped in my head was make fear your bitch Mm -hmm. and you know make it almost like it's a you know like you said it's a accountability partner it's like okay fear Mm -hmm. you know without fear I mean I've done some of the things that you're talking about where I too would say yes if they said in three days you're going to speak in front of 100,000 people you got to learn a topic yada yada I would do it I would totally do it and Mm -hmm. in part because I would be terrified to do it and so I'd say yes Because what I've learned as a very, very shy kid, you know, introverted, shy person, that by going after things that scared scared the crap out of me, that's not the most classy way to say it, but I ended up becoming a professor of a topic that I had to learn as I was teaching it because the opportunity came up. And I ended up speaking in front of uh, hundreds of people at events for the nonprofit organization that I lead. And I've gotten to the point where I get nervous, which I think makes me even a little bit better when I do it Mm -hmm. and having that a little bit of that adrenaline flowing and those nerves. But now, to be honest, I love it. I love speaking in front of people. And it's because of the connection. There's an energy that happens when you are truly connecting with the audience, with the people that you are there to either inform, enlighten, inspire, whatever the purpose of the the talk is. So I think maybe one thing we can walk away with is make fear your bitch. I love that. That is a quote. <laughs> that is Trisha Gwell's quote. I'm going to write that out and put it out today. Make a sweatshirt with that on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is a million dollar idea. 
And, uh, and I just want to say, you know, I admire you so much because you came out, I don't know, 50 times over the years to feed the mm -hmm. homeless with me. You uh, have always been there and you do this podcast, you help people, you work so much in charity even everything you do helps people with, with traumatic brain injuries. It's amazing what you do. So I think that you have done a good job making fear your bitch. Good job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Ian, I want to bring up, um, I want to talk about soul procrastination. Well, we already talked about soul procrastination, but I wanted to share that you wrote a chapter in a book called activate your life. Mm -hmm. I'm holding it up. <laughs> we're on zoom. I know you, the listener is listening to this on audio probably. But we're on Zoom and this book, Activate Your Life, it's 50 transformational exercises from coaches around the world. It's very cool, very cool book. And you wrote a chapter that I love and you in this chapter provided a toolkit for those of us who would like to go after our dreams and even identify, because a lot of us are, we want to go after our dreams. I think if you ask anybody, they'd say, sure, I want to go after my dreams but they may not fully know what that is. For me, I'm still learning and figuring out what's my bigger purpose dream. I know what my dreams are right now, but the overarching big dream, I just follow my intuition here and there, but I've been giving some attention to that. And this chapter has really helped. And what I love that you wrote in here is that you provide a toolkit that helps people go after their dreams like their life depended on it. Yes. It's a must. It's like you said, a little while ago, that you use fear to inspire you so that during your life and at the end of your life, you're not looking back with regret and saying, if only I'd gone after my dreams. Yeah, it's so, it's so powerful to get that leverage, right? And it's not just fear that makes you run away, but fear that makes you run towards something. You know, the Ooh, analogy like... That's yeah. a good saying. That's yeah. a good saying. It's not only fear that makes you run away from something, it's fear that makes you run towards something. That's good. Right. So there's a burning building. There's electric fence around it. There's sharks, alligators, and it's filled with poison. Do you go into that building to get something? The answer is no way. You would never go in there. But then you take someone you love and they're in that yeah. building. What would you do? You don't even you, hesitate. Right. There's not even a pause. You go. So what makes you go though? It's fear, right? Well, it's fear and it's the love of uh -huh. another being that you want to save. It's that when you have true love and depth of love, or I might even, honestly, I might even run into that building if there's somebody next to me saying, oh my God, my child's in there. Yeah. And they're not my too. child. There's yeah. a really good chance I'd run in there. Because right. being able to try to help others in a situation like that can overrule, override that fear instinct. So that is the combination. It's when you combine fear and love, that's when you can use fear to go towards something or mm -hmm. someone. So this love, right, is like the love of, oh, I want to create something for the world, but if you say, what if I don't have that chance? What if I had only a week to live? What would I do? What would I create? Could I write a book in a week? Yes, I could. Yes, you could. You if could. You could <laughs> right? I know I could. I could write a chapter. <laughs> I could but write you, an intro. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been testing myself a lot and it's amazing. I can do two, three times more work when I put pressure on myself and say, hey, I only have this limit of time to get this done. So I'm going to hold this up. People can't see this. This is a called Timeular. It's something that I set on my desk. It allows me to time exactly what I'm doing. So all the time, I'm timing myself. If I'm going to write it for a book and I say, okay, I can write 500 words. I say, okay, I've got 20 minutes to write a thousand words. Wait a minute. What did you just hold up? This you is call a, a eight-sided, uh, it looks like a dice. Yeah. But when you put it on one side, it starts a timer on your, on your computer. So it allows you to log the time that you're spending in any one particular area. So I have course creator, planning and organizing, my own life, which is like family energy. Then I coach, coaching mastery. 
social media work, author, speaker, and mastermind. These are my. What do you do? You roll that and wherever it lands, (laughs) then you work on that. No, no, no. I I say I've got 20 (laughs) minutes. I've got to get this certain amount done. Your mind loves these boundaries, right? So the reason why we don't go after our dreams is we don't have a boundary. We say, oh, I should write a book sometime in my life. Is it that time? Nope, it's not that time. Sometime now? Nope. Sometime now? Nope. No, no, let's put it, give it to the future person. No. So this, this is where I'm like, okay, I got 20 minutes to get this thousand words done and I am racing the clock. And this is this is this pressure that makes it interesting that that makes it gives you this variety, okay? That that makes you like you used to race on on bikes, right? You would go yeah, yeah. 20, 30, 30 miles an hour downhill, maybe faster. Oh, honey. I went 55 miles. I, I mean my mom's listening. Terrified <laughs> 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 hearing this. <laughs> I used to do something called the death ride. Uh-huh. And descending mountains was my thing. And I wow. loved it. I loved it. My leg would literally shake. Because I was so excited and scared at the same time. It was amazing. But 55 miles an hour is the fastest I clock going down a hill, which I'm not saying it's bright and I'm not suggesting people necessarily do it, but it's a thrill. Wow. I didn't even know that was possible. So Well, it's possible. And I stayed upright and I was side by side with one of my very good friends who I did thousands of miles on a bike with. We would pace line together and she's my, she's my buddy on the bike. And we were side by side going down. Carson Pass, wow. California at 55 miles an hour. And I remember it. I remember the feeling. I remember the wind. It's terrifying, but it's exhilarating. And it's almost like, in some ways, how you want to live your life, right? Not necessarily yeah. taking, well, you got to take risks. So it was a risk, but I don't regret it. It worked out. And, and now that you've done that, going at 10 miles an hour on a bike, not so exhilarating, right? Well, now... <laughs> We're talking a little older. So 10 miles an hour is nice and pleasant. (laughs) (laughs) My vision's not quite the same, but yeah, absolutely. Your point is a good one. And yes, when you go after what you really want, then settling for less than that, it just doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. It's just super uncomfortable. And one of the things that you put in this chapter that I thought was really interesting is that you were, you were citing research that what people wish that they had, oh no, you shared the biggest regret of those who are at the end of their life based on research. And the research showed that their biggest regret, people wished that they'd had the courage to live a life true to themselves and not the life that others expected of them or that they thought they were supposed to live. And I think that is so powerful. And what a wake up call to, to hear that. Yeah, that was an amazing experiment where they went to 8,000 people in hospice that they were going to pass away. And they asked them that question. So after I had this experience where I kind of saw the end of my life without following my dreams, I did some research. And then I found that this was indeed the thing that everyone felt. So we are in this age of distraction. And if you if you look at the word distraction and break it up, it means dis taken away from your track. So you've got your goals, or as I like to call them, promises you made to yourself. And anything that takes you away from that track is a distraction. So either we are protracting, we're going towards our dreams, tracking towards our dreams, or we're distracting. But if we don't know what our dreams are, and we don't keep them in mind, I'll use the example of writing a book. If you want to write a book, and you're not doing that, you're distracting yourself from writing a book I all know. the time. I know. And I'm such a good distractor. Oh my gosh. I, <laughs> we all are. I have like such a talent for the distracting. And I just listened to a podcast this morning of a couple of friends who their podcast is called Asking the Right Questions. Mm-hmm. And their January episode was launching with Creating Your Vision and why having a vision is so important. And that's what you were just speaking to is that if you're not aligned with your vision, and you're not clear on what your purpose is, then you can distract yourself and go in other directions. And the other thing you mentioned in your chapter that struck me was that we will put deadlines, we will put far less distraction into our schedule of our job or our family needs or things like that, but we will, we will not necessarily take the time to put deadlines and timeframes around our, our purpose, our vision, our goal, our passion. 
So like you said, we'll put those on the back burner, but we're really putting our soul on the back burner, which Mm -hmm. if you think about it, that's not really the greatest way to show up in the world. It's not the greatest way to show up with your family. What kind of mentor is that to your kids? If your kids are watching, you know, dad do great, but settle. And so he's not quite as happy as he could be, not quite as, you know, and so it's not the best way to show up in areas of life. It isn't, and it doesn't feel good, meaning that you can feel it in your heart and it feels like you know you're distracting. So I want to give everyone just a quick thing to get started because you asked, how can people get started? Well, I'm actually, okay, we can do that now. I was going to do that. We're we're actually getting close to having to wrap up and I wanted to ask you a question around that. Okay. So let's end on that where we leave you, the listener, with some tips. Is that where you're headed? Yes. (laughs) All right. Okay. Well, I did want to ask you, what is something that you're most proud of? I'm most proud of the fact that I get to serve so many people, the people that are in my life now that I am centered around are just the best people I've ever had in my life. And I'll say one other thing is to bring my family into this ecosystem of people as well. You know, I've had the opportunity to coach my son and teach him these things for half of his life. And now he's running his own masterminds at the age of 10. (laughs) And uh, I'm just so grateful and proud that I brought all this personal growth and all this wisdom into my life. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And I have met your son and I've met your beautiful daughter. Is it Ariana? Mm-hmm. She's a little younger. So oh, yeah. she's just, she emanates, she mm-hmm. emanates, like she's playful and full of light and, and she's got a spark. She's yeah, definitely we, got a spark. And Logan, oh my God. He we were playing is, basketball yesterday. And every time I was about to say, do a shot, she's like, dad, just imagine it going in before you shoot it. <laughs> God, that sounds like Logan. <laughs> I know. Well, they're both, they're both pretty amazing in this way. Well, yeah. Logan is, I remember I've had many conversations with Logan, spent time with him, and he has always felt like, I don't know, he's probably like a, a wise Buddha, maybe. He's like, you know, 65-year-old in a 10-year-old's body <laughs> in his wisdom. Mm-hmm. And the things that he says just makes you kind of pause and think, huh, yeah. That makes so much sense. Oh my God, I hadn't thought about it that way. And he's funny. He's a great package of a kid. I love him. Well, okay, so it's a new year, as we already mentioned. What do you do to start your year? Like, what is it that you do to start a new year? Do you have any rituals or any kind of practices that you do that we could learn from? You know, I found that in order to focus, I love to structure my time. I used to think that was taking away freedom, but now I don't. I have, I journal every morning. I journal every night. I also have a plan every single day and for the next day. I'm always thinking about what's happening in a week and a month. And again, it's just so powerful to be aligned and to have this relationship with whom I wish to become. Joseph McClendon told me that personal growth is rehearsing whom you wish to become. Mm. So I'm constantly imagining who that person is, and I'm trying to emulate them as much as possible. Gosh, I love Joseph McClendon's teaching, and his podcast Mm -hmm. is phenomenal, and Mm -hmm. he's a gift. And I feel the same way. I mean, I'm somebody who structure is, it's not my favorite. It's not my go-to, but I do have to say that when I do create structure, I'm happier, I'm more relaxed, and I'm definitely much more successful. And I do want you, the listener, to know that Ian, while you obviously you have your cube that you roll and it has the most (laughs) important areas of your life on it, that's what I noticed is that it's the most important areas of your life that you then spend time on, that you're not all work. You're not Mm -hmm. all about writing and contributing and planning and strategizing. You're not all about that. You just came from paddleboarding before you came to this recording. Yeah. On the ocean. On the ocean. It was awesome. Yeah. And you are somebody who lives life fully in play and in work. 
and everything that you do. So that to me is also very inspiring because whatever it is you're doing, you're full in, you're full in and you make sure that you play. You have a lot of fun playtime with your family and friends. So you really are and have mastered the balance of living the life that you want to live. Well, well, thank you. I, I just want to touch on that. Energy is so important. Energy to, you can have all the focus and all the dreams you want, but if you don't have energy, you don't, you can't do it. You can't yes. make these changes and transform. So getting adequate sunlight, I drink 200 ounces of water a day. I make sure I lift weights, you know, four or five times a week. I go on my bike and I bike, I swim. I uh, try to do a lot of fun things and, and I, try to act like a kid. So this brings me all this energy and allows me to deliver it to the world. You definitely do the kid part. I see that in you. I see that in you for sure. Mm-hmm. And you're basically, you're taking care of your temple, taking mm-hmm. care of your temple. Okay. So what is lighting you up right now? You know, I'm running a mastermind with 30 people that are just amazing. It's probably my favorite mastermind I've ever uh, run. And so they're just so filled with light. I'm also coaching individuals. And this is kind of new. I just did group coaching before and I'm coaching individuals and I'm really loving the transformations that are happening in their life. I've never been better at these things than ever. And I'm studying every day, every day, even more. So I'm really all in with this. I study for three hours on, on coaching and core 100, even though it's, it's like something that I could say it's enough. I'm, I want to go to this upper limit. Like how far can I do? How much of an impact can I make on individuals? So if you want to massively impact the world, it's not just one-on-one, it's one-on-30 and then one-on-50. Your podcast could reach millions. I mm-hmm. want to write these books. So I am just just fired up. Like ah, whatever's happened so far, that's nothing. <laughs> that's just the beginning. We're just getting started here. All right, well, let's buckle up because (laughs) we are on a ride. And you know what? We should all want to buckle up for our own life ride Mm -hmm. because uh, this is a journey. This is a course. This is a ride. And well, so my last question to you, Ian, before we have you leave your three tips Mm -hmm. or teachings that you'd like to, to share with us, who is Ian Griffith? So Ian Griffith he was someone that found himself at 17 as someone that really wants to give gifts to the world. And now that is what I do. I believe that we spend half our life figuring out what our gift is and the other half trying to figure out how to give it to the world. I'm 49 right now. So I'm so excited. I'll be Oh my gosh, 50. you're 49. This <laughs> is your year. Yes. This is your year. You're heading into the I'm well, almost you're heading into time. my decade. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'm really excited because this is the this is the time to give my gift to the world. So Ian is the one that wants to give the biggest gifts he can to the world for the rest of his life. Right on. Right on. Okay. Well, so what would you like to share that we can walk away with and head towards the shift that we might want to make that you've been able to. Yeah. The thing is you can always connect the dots of why things won't go right, but you rarely connect how the dots will connect in a positive way. So these dreams that you've had that maybe you've gotten old and maybe you forgot they feel not that great. And so you don't go after them. So I really want to encourage you to take the smallest step forward. One minute. I'm asking you to focus one minute on your dream. Just one minute. Say, I'm going to write my book for one minute. I'm going to start on my TED Talk for one minute. I'm going to start learning how to be a great chef for one minute. Just try one minute a day and see how you get with that. And the other thing is, I love working sprints where I take 25 minutes and I focus on just one thing. I set a timer and just, you know, I get on Zoom with people and we do it together. So I would get on Zoom with you and I'd say, let's spend 25 minutes. This is what I'm going to do. And you tell me what you're going to do. And then we just knock it out. And then after the 25 minutes, we take a minute and say what we accomplished. And then we move forward. The power of having people to support you and help you go towards your dream is so important. So I just want to offer everyone on this podcast, if you ever want to join my working sprints, it's at sprintingworkshop.com. 
Every Thursday, I at 6 p.m. to 7.30, I bring people on and they can work towards their dreams. It's absolutely free and it'll be three sprints of 25 minutes and you can start on your book, on your anything you want. It can be anything. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be a group of like-minded people that are going after their separate dreams. And if not me, find a friend, reach out to Trisha, do it with her and, and just start going after it. Once you start, your magic, your power, your energy will come back and you'll realize that you have even more desire to get this done and more power because you're much greater than you were when you conceived of this dream. You were very young or you, you know, you thought you were so powerful, but now you are so much more. And this dream is going to be better than ever. It's not going to be what you fear that it's that it won't be what you thought it was going to be. It's going to be better, but you have to get started. So that is my tip. Get started for just one minute, find a friend and realize that you're much better than you've ever been. And when you start it now, it will be amazing. You know, I love that. Get started. You Mm -hmm. just take the step and get started. And you gave a couple of very clear action steps, even if you just put a minute a day and write, start a journal where you just write for a minute a day on what is it I think I really want. And then once you figure something out, okay, well, then what do I need to do to get there? What is the first step I can take? It's the one step after the other. And the other thing you said that is I have found incredibly important is to surround yourself with people who are of a similar mindset that want to go, well, as Joseph McClendon says, further, faster, or just go further and surrounding yourself with people. The other thing that I always like to give leave takeaways for you, the listener, and for myself and for my guest, but in addition, I think one of the things that you talked about was energy. And I think that it's incredibly important to exercise in order to have the energy to do things and to have that physical and mental strength. So I think that's a really good thing to think about too. Even if it's just walking outside, it doesn't have to be strenuous exercise. It's just moving the bod, you know, get the, get the bod moving. And I also like the meditating 10 minutes a day Mm -hmm. or one minute doesn't have to be 10, but it's like yours. You know, our brain only really relaxes and truly rests when you're meditating. Mm-hmm. Not when you're sleeping, yeah. it's when you're meditating. So that's really interesting to give our brain energy. And one thing I love to do, I'm not saying that everybody needs to do this, but one thing I love to do is every single day I connect with somebody I love, ideally by phone. Love that. So hearing voices, I mean, not hearing voices. But <laughs> <laughs> every day I like to hear voices. <laughs> Me too. I'm not going to leave you the listener with that, but I'm just saying I like to hear the voice of somebody I love every day. So Ian, how can people find you and learn more about you, your programs and your live interviews? So you did mention sprintingworkshop.com to join you for the sprinting workshops, but do you have other forums where people can find you and learn more about you? Yeah. So I have my personal website, iancgriffith.com. And that is where you can reach out to me. Also, if you wanted to join my Facebook group with 13,000 other people, that's owninggreatness.com. And if you want to reach out to me just on Facebook, I'm Ian C. Griffith there as well. Or you can reach out to Trisha. Uh, known her a long time. And yeah. It, yeah, you and know. the best way to connect with me is my email, everydayawesome with Trisha G at gmail.com if you want to reach out to me and learn more about Ian or have any questions or future topics of the show you'd love to hear. So Ian, it is always, (laughs) it is always a pleasure to talk to you. Yes. It really is. And we have, and it's just, Mm -hmm. it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time after your paddle boarding to come on the show and to share your light and your wisdom and your passion with you, the listener, and really appreciate you. So thank you again, Ian, for being my guest today. And thank you, our listener, for joining us. Ian, did you have anything you wanted to say before we wrap up? Yeah, I just want to say I'm so grateful that you started this podcast. I know it's helping lots of people, and you're one of my top favorite people in the world. So I'm just so (laughs) grateful that I'm here. Actually, you know, a lot of people. So that's an honor (laughs) (laughs) to be in the top is an honor. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, it's just great seeing you rise up and do what you're supposed to do in this world and going after your dreams. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. 
Well, I hope you, the listener, have enjoyed this time with my guest, Ian. And join me again for my next episode, which will be episode number six. (laughs) We're just moving forward. Here's to finding some awe in your everyday. This is Trisha G signing off until we meet again. Hey there, and thanks for listening to this week's episode of Everyday Awesome. How lucky are we to have had this conversation today, learning, growing, and being inspired together. I am so grateful to have had this time with you. And if you like what you heard, please share it with a friend, family member, neighbor, or what the heck, share it with a stranger. (laughs) And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, suggestions for future guests you'd love to hear from, comments or feedback for me, you can reach me directly at everydayawesomewithtrishag at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and let's make every day awesome.